0: Hey there listeners, Keegan here. This is a very special live episode of Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. It's our second live episode ever that we've done in collaboration with The Swallows Flight book and tea shop. We want to give a huge shout out to Arielle, who is the owner of The Swallows Flight. Definitely check her out on Instagram or via their website, We will link both of those in our show notes. You can also find them on our Instagram page. We also wanted to give a huge shout out to Gitana and Amelie of Two Girl Book Party, whose voices you will soon be hearing, for breaking down this book with us and working through this with us. It was such a joy and such a pleasure to get to work with such awesome, incredible, wonderful, talented, driven women to bring this episode to you. Because this is a live episode, the sound quality isn't quite up to our usual standards, but we hope you can forgive us for that and enjoy this episode anyway. We are discussing the book Dead Girls, very intriguing title, which we do have some feelings about. So take a listen and let us know what you think. If you're interested in learning more about Dead Girls or getting the book yourself, we will also have that linked in our show notes. All right. Enjoy your Angry Neighborhood Feminist Live.
1: Okay. Hello, everybody. Hi, friends. Hi,
0: friends. So we should introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Keegan. I'm Madigan. And we are... Are we doing an intro like we do on our show? Because I feel like
1: that's really Well, awesome. not anymore.
0: We are here, Angry Neighborhood Feminists. We are a feminist podcast where we just talk about feminist issues through our own perspectives. And we are here today with Two Girl Book Party. Yes. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having Yes, it. of course. We're really excited. Um, and we are going to be talking about a book called Dead, Dead Girls. Girls. Okay. Yes, which is... I have the breakdown of what this book is
1: about. Oh, good. Right here. Thanks for being so prepared, Keegan. You're very welcome. (laughs) You are very welcome. If I was by myself, this would just be awful. So, (laughs) this book
0: book was named uh, the most anticipated book of 2018 by Bitch Magazine, which made me very intrigued to read it. Bitch Magazine is a feminist publication. Um, And, okay, here's the breakdown here. Wait, what did they name it? The most Most anticipated anticipated book. Oh, I I was
2: anticipated I think great as well. I was very <laughs> excited.
0: We'll get,
1: we'll get more into that in a minute.
0: So, it says in this poignant collection, Alice Bolin examines iconic American works from the essays of Joan Didion, lots of that. And James Baldwin to Twin Peaks, Britney Spears, and Serial, illuminating the widespread obsession with women who are abused, killed, and disenfranchised, and whose bodies, dead and alive, are used as props to bolster men's stories, smart and accessible, thoughtful and heartfelt. Bolin investigates the implications of our cultural fixations and our own role as a consumer and creator. So, based on that, (laughs) I was really stoked. I was very excited. I
1: was yeah, read this I was book. Thrilled. It, I, <laughs> I really did. I, think that I, I, I yeah, really there's like was. the butt is just like sitting above us right now that we're just like waiting to drop. <laughs> yeah. But I was a little, I was a little disappointed in all. I, I wanted more, more dead girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think was, that was the common consensus
0: when you yes. read the Goodreads, uh, the Goodreads reviews. reviews and critiques of this yeah. book. It is that. When you go into it, you're expecting it to be about this. And the first yes. four chapters are about this. It's about, um, you know, men and women and their relation to each other, the relation to why we have this kind of like obsession mm-hmm. right with, with dead girls on TV. And what does that say about like us as a society and our relationship every day as men and women? There's a section in the book that I actually really liked. And that was very interesting about how the detectives in these stories are really similar to the murderers in these stories yeah. and how they have this kind of relation to them and they, they, um, understand them. And there's even a lot of like detective novels that say that like women can't possibly relate to a killer, like female detectives can't relate yeah. to a killer, but men can. And so what does that say about men? Yeah. If exactly. they're able to relate to the killers, and women are only able to relate to victims right. in these books and TV shows.
1: Right. Well, it's interesting, like, the comparisons between, like, the fantasy that the uh, investigator has and the similarity of the fantasy in which the killer has, where they talk a lot about how it's, like, very sexually driven, and I think it's something that I think that a lot of people don't believe that female killers could relate to, because typically they don't kill for that reason. Typically. I'm right. sure there are exceptions. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I can't name any right now off the top of my head. Um, I found it really interesting. I liked the chapter too where it was talking mostly about the dead girl show and it was it said that there's two themes of the dead girl show. The first one is that the girls are wild, vulnerable creatures who need to be protected from their own sexualities. Um, trying to save like strippers and sex workers and that kind of thing where it's like their sexuality comes upon them and then these men feel they have to like save them from their own uh, horrible, awful urges of sexuality. Like the killers do? The no, or like just, just like do. just like the investigators Aww. or the killers are just. I think. I mean, I guess they would probably just be talking about any of the men in these shows and things in general. Like they talk about the like the other one is trust no dad. That was the other theme that it says in there. Yeah, um, yeah the where, husband did it. The husband, husband did always did it. Or the dad. trust no dad. Well, yeah. and then they say, with Trust No Doubt, it says they hold a sinister in- interest in controlling girls' bodies. So I found that kind of interesting where, like, if you go through kind of some of the most popular uh, crime shows, the policing that's done within the families, especially of young girls and their bodies and things like that, and when you see a young girl who is dead, how her body is treated, which that made me think of Jamie Ramsey, and I was having a really interesting conversation with my mom last night about how none of the photos that we ever see of Jean Bonnet are of her just being a kid. Yeah. Like a five-year-old and not like a... It's a, a, a yeah, very hyper-sexualized, experience. like, right. weird thing to see this little girl who we know is dead it's and dies. It's always her pageant ph- photo. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. always her pageant photo. And for the first time, I saw her um, her autopsy photos, and that was upsetting oh my god I was, why I was did up. you seek that out where, where i did they they didn't seek us? it out i was <laughs> oh, on google go? it just came up in your yes browser? i looked up jamon ramsey and i was going through google images because i was showing my friend like look this is like you've seen this photo you've seen mm-hmm. that photo but like what about this photo i oh, have never like, seen this photo but and then that showed up and i was like oh dear god and it was it was horrible, but, but it's weird again, because that
3: almost fulfills a different type of
1: exactly test
3: desire. Yeah, but instantly you said that and I'm like, where can I find that?
1: No, right. yeah. I know.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And we just did uh, an episode of our podcast. The last episode that we put out actually was about women and true crime, and why <laughs> women in particular seem to be so interested in true crime. As like, it's kind of something that a lot of men find off-putting, yeah. that women are so fascinated. Like, I yeah, hear that and we're like, I we really? tell them
3: everything that I yeah. hear on all these true crime podcasts.
0: For some it's reason, they think
1: that it's going to, like, happen to them because we're interested in it. Uh, <laughs> like, they're the like, you know to too much. Which is kind yeah. of funny because
0: it a big reason we found why women are interested in it is because it's statistically more likely to happen... To mm-hmm. us, as far as, like, yeah. from an intimate partner. Mm-hmm. Well, not yeah. crime in general, not violent crime in general, but from an intimate What's partner. What's interesting about
3: this, I was talking with my mom the other day about this true crime podcast I listen to called Sword and Scale. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I love that one. We're so familiar. That, we like, know and what? I always just try to rank them like, okay, absolute worst, second worst, okay. But, like, I was, like, I think I'm so interested in this because every time I hear a really awful one, it's, like an immunity shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. someone some can tell me a really grotesque thing that happened to them and I'm like, "Oh, I've heard worse." So I yeah. don't have to like have a reaction. Yeah, it's anymore. a way to to distance like from that
1: and also prepare yeah. yourself. Well, and also the the trope of that the husband did it. Like we roll our eyes at that when we watch it on Dateline or on the mm-hmm. ID channel because, because it's, like, it's like, of the of same story every time, yeah, which is something well, she touches on in the book. It is, and it's it's interesting to me where she's talking about the different patterns of behavior that happened before a domestic dispute turns into like a murderous rage. She was talking about some guy who ended up like, what was it shooting up like a, like a community center or something? What was it? I like climbed to the top of the bell tower. Yeah. 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 And And he, and, and he was abusive to his wife and, um, how it's easy, people who get involved and want to intervene would rather disrupt the behavior of the abusers rather than disrupt the lives of the victims. Like they don't want to make a big deal out of it by like taking the victims out of it. They were saying that- Well, that's a new tactic that's- (laughs) There's someone on the ceiling. They're ballroom dancing upstairs. But they're talking about like chronic unemployment can lead to violence, any sort of major change, pregnancy, new job. Uh, if the victim attempts to leave, and I'm like, damn, that's everything in life, like, <laughs> right? Well, because it stems <laughs> no from no like, life changes. It's, it's a John
0: List situation, right, where it like stems from like a deep insecurity on the part of right of the abuser. Like he's like, I can't tell her that I. Lost my job, so I'll just murder the whole family. Right. That's a solution. And women,
3: we, like, cry over it. We bitch about I it. I know, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Women, we <laughs> we we like, really then
1: we cope. We might get really annoying about say, okay, it. okay, well,
3: that's life. Let's move on. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and then they said that 11,700 women between the years of 2001 and 2012 were victims of domestic violence murders. So it's like, the husband did it. It's not a mystery. Yeah. Like, this isn't something that, like, people are shocked by anymore. Yeah. yeah, we still should be and it should be Well, we it's something that about. we're not we're not dealing
0: with, right? Like because I also took from it, like, 56% of mass shootings from 2009 to 2015, a spouse, former spouse, or other family member were among the victims. Domestic violence is one of the strongest indicators of future mass violence, and their dynamics of control are so similar that some experts call it intimate terrorism. Yeah. So it's something that we shouldn't be kind of dismissing. I think we get to be a little dismissive about... uh, Domestic violence is thinking it's like a home issue or like a family issue. I know there was a big thing that happened in Russia earlier this year at the end of last year um, that decriminalized domestic violence because they see it as a family issue, not as as a bigger societal issue, but it leads to bigger societal problems. Yeah. So, another thing I I thought was interesting, a passage that I took from the book, was when talking about the connection between the murderer and the detective, and you and I had an episode about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl yes, trope, and how the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope is kind of used, it's, she's basically just a tool to further the yeah. male protagonist, oh, yeah. or get him to learn something, or You're understand right. something. It's that edgy person. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. And, um, I got this passage from the book there can be no redemption for the dead girl but it is available to the person who is solving her murder just as for the murderers for the detectives and true detectives and twin peaks the victim's body is a neutral arena on which to work out male problems mm-hmm. so like i can't save her but i can save myself mm-hmm. like that, yeah. that's yeah. kind of always the way that goes it helps it furthers their plot point and, like, their personal growth.
1: Right. Well, it's interesting how, like, people will also fantasize about the dead girl. And suddenly when this girl dies, she was perfect. Like, she, oh, she was everybody's best friend. She was a good girl. She came home on time. Like, we have this certain idea with every story where we we make the victim look really, really good. Where in reality, my mom's dog, I swear to God. uh, Where in reality she's just a person she's just a girl and yet we have this idea built up in our heads about this victim and what that victim character is supposed to look like and the innocence of that rather than realizing that these are flawed people
0: well and the ways that dead girls disappear from their own story yeah after, like, like yeah, we yeah talking
1: about that in the book mm-hmm. yeah
0: Heyman lee you know in serial which was a huge podcast happened. if a you haven't ago, heard about it never heard about it let me be the first one to tell you about Serial um that happened a few years ago and the case really centered around Adnan Zayed which of course it did like that made sense but you forget about this person who has died and she disappears and kind of dissolves like the manic pixie yeah. dream girl just kind of dissolves in a puff of glitter yeah. in her own story yeah and it's, you know? it's
1: about Jay who's one of like the quote unquote witnesses and Ednan and their idea of who she was and her death and everything like that. Yeah. I mean,
0: and the same thing happens in true detective or basically any dead girl show quote unquote quote. It's yeah. like, this is just, it's a prop. The dead girl is kind of like a prop to push forward. Yeah, it's like a a catalyst. Line.
3: It's like a catalyst for the males to like it's almost like a self-exploration, yeah. which I thought was interesting because I study medieval literature, Ooh. and this is something we talk about all the time. It's like a knight who needs to be chivalrous and he needs to learn, and he goes through his own learning process, and yeah. so there's always a maiden. She needs to be saved. As soon as they get married, she either disappears or she dies. You yeah. know? Or there's like a loathly lady that like, oh, you need to marry me and I'll help you through your predicament and I'll help you learn something. They get married, she dies, or she disappears from the
1: story. So, like, the that is oh the finale G. of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> um, sorry, spoiler alert. No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So <laughs> So rude. I was actually... But that's really funny. That's true It is yeah. They're like, They built it up For like what Nine seasons no, And so then they just Kill her I'm sorry Did I ruin it for you You may have yeah. just Ruined it for so everyone well, In this Well I've had a problem With the book Because she gave So many spoilers I've been watching Twin Peaks
2: yeah. For like oh 20 God. years And I didn't watch The second season okay. yet. Well, I felt the same, same way. I've never seen so it I don't know anything Okay on.
0: I did I wrote in my notes I wrote in all caps Spoilers the But then yeah. But then in parentheses On a show that came out The year I was born <laughs> I mean yeah, That yeah. movie I mean that's Show came out in 1990 so but kind of it's fair spoiler enough everything that that's she like saying done, there was a spoiler did. for
3: psycho at this
0: point yeah i know it's for star wars with you i was with you, I was, with you I was like i'm gonna watch the <laughs> show and then i'm like well now i know exactly what happens <laughs> yeah there's so, so much warning to you to guys about, yeah. about this book if you've not seen twin peaks and you and you care still uh,
3: still <laughs> no there's so much there's so many layers to that show
1: though it's not still you know, worth watching even though i know oh definitely okay okay i was gonna say i've never seen it i'll watch it I, spoilers don't how bother me. Okay the, how it. absurd
2: Absolutely. is like the resolution sound to it, though?
1: It sounds absurd. We won't yeah. Yeah. go on. on to Twin Peaks too much. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is interesting how that trope kind of follows into many different genres. Then. And if
0: we can kind of take it back to, you know, domestic violence and how it is a larger societal problem that we we just don't deal with. There was a passage in this book where she says, it's clear we love the dead girl enough to rehash and reproduce her story, to kill her again and again, but not enough to see a pattern. She is always singular, an anomaly, the juicy new mystery. So she's she's a one-off every time. It's just kind of like, it's never part of like a bigger picture or a bigger issue that we're having. Um, societally. It's always kind of this one singular anomaly.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and then we're just like, well, that was entertaining and move on to the next, move on to the next dead girl. You know, that's interesting that you say that too.
2: because that makes me think about the fact that like, so usually in these kinds of shows, the dead girl is like a middle-class white girl from nuclear family. Yeah. And like, now that you mentioned that, if it was like a trans person or a person of
0: color, right. like
2: then all of a sudden it wouldn't just be a singular thing. It would have to be about, it would be
0: a part of, of a bigger issue. It'd be yeah. about well, the inner cities. It'd be about, you know, you know LGBTQ right. issues. Well, then
1: also the way that the the dead person would be treated would be very different than exactly. if it was yeah. a cute little yeah. white girl. They'd yeah. Be digging mm-hmm. up all the, you know. Right. The, the victim would them. then be turned into like a villain of sorts. Right, right. You know, or it would be uh, just treated very like distastefully. I don't think it would be the same. It wouldn't be a, a pretty picture of Jean Benet with the beautiful curls and the makeup. Or the point of the show would be trying to get people to care. <laughs> like if yeah, it was really. if it was a
0: drama it would be about like the protagonist being like you should care about these people yeah. and like you don't, you know. So, yeah, I agree. God, no. I'm all over the place in my notes right now. Well, just
1: like the book. Yeah. <laughs> I know, oh, right? Should we should we like just yeah, can address that elephant
0: in the room really quickly? So, this book was um coined as here, what does it say here? Essays on Surviving an American Obsession. In the book, in the first couple of chapters, she calls it a survival guide. Like, she actually yeah, calls true. it a survival guide. But about but what is a chapters sur- in, it stops becoming essays on feminism, and it starts becoming just a memoir it's about a her life. It's a survival guide
1: of her first years
0: in Los Angeles. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I've lived it. No, I mean, here's fine. the thing. I, I, I liked the book. I thought she was smart and she's a good writer and Madigan, not <laughs> so much. I, I thought that she was a good writer. It was cleverly written. I just wish it had been billed as what it is. It just took me in a different right.
3: direction than I expected. Right. Yes. And so I had to just regroup and
1: yeah. think like, okay, so I, now how
3: do I look at this? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just had a really hard time personally because I feel, I felt a little bit tricked Yeah. And I felt also a little bit, I don't like hearing people tell me how smart they are. And she's clearly incredibly intelligent. And I give her that. But it was also kind of like, we get it. You went to college at 16, fine. I mean, like Uh for real, I'm like, God, I went to like the school for acting and went to like have like the easiest math (laughs) class ever to get a bachelor's degree. Like I am nowhere near that level. So maybe that's my own insecurity. I don't know. But it was a bit, like, it, it, it was bizarre. Like, the part that just made me laugh so hard is she's talking about living in some apartment where she's on, like, a floaty that you have, like, in the water. And then she's like, I'm going to watch The Big Lebowski. And then she writes a whole essay comparing it to Raymond Chandler. I was like, yeah. who are you? Like, that is nowhere near. I'm like, I'd be like, The Big Lebowski, fuck it. Like, this is cool. Yeah. But for her, it had to be, like, this grander thing. And I think by that point, I was just kind of like. But here's the thing I'm about annoyed. her, though,
0: that. I think I would actually probably really like her, because for as smart as she is, she's also super basic, and I mean that in like oh, a, in yeah. a <laughs> nice way. I mean it in a nice way. Yeah. yeah. But like Three she has an, liars yeah, and like and she has an yeah. entire chapter
1: about like yeah. Britney Spears and that American was pop songs. Yeah, one. which I yeah. thought was yeah, interesting. Was but I, I thought that even tied into the Ted to the Ted girl, the dead girl. <laughs> Category because there was something that my loneliness is killing is killing me, me guys. Yeah. And then it was the whole 2007 Britney Spears, where she shaved her head and she, you know, drove yeah. the car with her son in her lap. And it was we watched this girl's demise from being this like the squeaky of Lucky, clean. Yeah, like I was,
3: I was blown away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned so much in that chapter. That's yeah. the thing I learned that like what was it? One more time was written for.
1: TLC. Oh TLC, yeah. 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 And they took out the "Hit Me, Baby" to yes. make it seem a little bit more innocent. Like, do we, did she ever even get
2: elaborate on the, the actual words "Hit Me, Baby"?
1: In the time she, she didn't, right? No, she, she totally, touched on it, but she, but
0: she a didn't. She didn't down. elaborate. Because like, that like, would have
1: been really interesting to talk about with like the whole what that song yeah, yeah. is implies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but is
2: like, is like I always picture it as like. Poker, like hit me, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh give God. me more. I wasn't thinking about like hit me.
0: I never thought to examine at all. At all, yeah. What I thought, what did you think? Like, hit I me, pop- like, hit me up.
3: Yeah, like, Call hit me? me up, like, hit me. I don't know. I never that's the thing growing up I didn't think about it's just those were words <laughs> and I didn't yeah. it. it. was it's so weird. I just put like pigtails like, in my
1: hair and wore my yeah. like Catholic school uniform and danced around the room not mm-hmm. understanding. I don't know, her dance moves were too. very aggressive. So yeah. I thought I, but I then thought she, physical, but. but then she had like that innocence about her where she had to pretend that she didn't know it was sexy. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like again that, that really ties into a lot of like the demise that we see where we have this very squeaky clean image of her. This dog. we had this very squeaky clean image of her and then she started just being destroyed by like this world that was created around her that she wasn't really yeah. even a part of well, and, I and we treated her like like it was a it was like a death it was a death of that person yeah. that we thought of it was a death but also
0: like there's a fascination with watching the demise of yeah. like squeaky clean pop stars yes. like we Enjoy it in yeah, like a really yeah, we right. like consume
1: it in right. like a
0: really messed well, up she, morbid way. She
1: mentioned yeah. Miley Cyrus too. Yeah, we like watching trainer. them
2: fall. As no, Doyle? no. Oh, you have to read it. It talks all about that, and there's a whole essay in it about Britney Spears.
1: Yeah, yeah. It. Is it as but, good as the essay in here about Britney Spears? <laughs> it's way better. Okay, oh. <laughs> Trade Rock is
2: like on point.
1: It's really good. You should really read it again. I liked it. I thought that was interesting to me. Again, I wish it would have been on topic. I did appreciate... But you know what? I did appreciate that.
0: I, I think she got a little in over her head as far as, like, she picked a theme and then kind of, like, didn't stick to that theme. But she did try to, like, bring it back around. Like, she talks a lot, like, at length about, like, L.A. and L.A.'s famous cemeteries. And I read that whole thing, and I'm like, I feel like this doesn't have anything to do with anything. But, she's but then she tried to got, tie in a theme. But then she got to the end of it, and yeah. she was she talked about um, how LA. I think I wrote it down. She says that LA has a necrophiliac quality with yeah. the way in which we relate to like our cemeteries and how we like let's go watch a movie and uh, surrounded yeah, by it dead a people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I also yeah. liked how at the end of that she talked about our fascination with dead celebrities in this city and how yeah. like we almost go and like you know you went and looked at the shoes she talks about Dorothy's shoes and the Wizard of Oz and yeah. how, how much we like we just want to touch it and we just want to be around it and like our fascination or just cry with,
1: near it for just, a half an hour which on is, on is what I did looking at it. I literally was I went and I sat in front of her dress and next to the shoes and just... Madigan's obsessed with Wizard of Oz. Had a moment. Hi, my name is Madigan and I love the Wizard of Oz. Yes. It's funny. I love it. <laughs> but, so she did attempt to kind of bring
0: it back around. At the end of every chapter where I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like with your theme, you could tell that maybe she was aware a little bit right. of that and yeah. and worked to actively pull it back around. I do think... I kind of wish she had just marketed this more as right. like her memoirs of having moved to LA because I think I would have enjoyed that. There are things that everyone could relate to. Like her roommate being really dirt poor and her roommate breaking a bottle of wine in the freezer and starting an Indiegogo for a new bottle of
1: wine. Yeah. Which
0: I was like, that's the most LA thing. Or like the old man
1: that she lived with. who's like, you have to pretend to be my girlfriend. And she's like, Oh, okay. Like that's that's fine. That's (laughs) That's
2: fine.
1: (laughs) But I feel like she's like, I
2: don't know if she was writing a memoir instead of it being like, funny and entertaining, she'd be trying to, like, intellectualize it the whole time. So she's like, well, I'm just going to make it an academic, like, book, and then I can secretly tell my memoir. I
0: have never read Joan Didion in my entire life, so I I was like, I
2: was like, I don't... Yeah. Joan Didion's were a completely different era. It's, like, not even the same thing. And for her to think, like, did you think you were also coming in a time machine? Like, <laughs> like she was
1: like, I can't believe it's not what Joan Didion said. This isn't what be. Joan Didion yeah. promised me. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah. so moral like, of the story, later, Joan Didion is a liar. <laughs> oh oh, and I think We've she thought that seen. she
0: could tie in Los Angeles as well, because Los Angeles has a noir quality yeah. Yeah, yes. really. uh, yeah. to it, and... That's classic dead girl shit. Like, (laughs) noir, noir um, films, and, yeah, that, that's really exactly what that is. It's just like the femme fatale means nothing. The 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 whole
3: part on Chinatown.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was actually pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. I've
3: never
0: seen that.
2: Oh, you
3: have to. Jack Nicholson's
0: like one of my favorite actors ever. My sister, my daughter, my sister. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I watched that with
1: my mom, and she was like,
0: what, what just happened? Things took a
1: turn. <laughs> yeah. I have there's a list of movies that I've never seen that is so long, so I just always like yeah, and like not no, and shake my head when people too, talk about things I'm like, like.
3: When I was little, my dad made me watch like a lot of classic films. That's too.
0: a strange one for your dad to make you watch No, as a he child. Did. That was the one that <laughs> did not, because I don't think he knew about
3: that one. My friend recently made me watch that. Oh, okay. It was a recent watch. Don't <laughs> it's a good does. movie. I
1: recommend yeah. it. I do recommend it. Speaking of dads, the chapter oh where she God. talks about her dad yeah. was well, very interesting. Why? why is she talking about her dad liking sexy stuff? Yeah. Like it was very that bizarre. Was very strange. It yeah, was, it was so. All and that over he may, may or may not have autism. It was
0: it was all over the place. I was like, That's yeah. Bizarre. I
2: actually I was. I was listening to that when I was driving, like on the audiobook, and I actually was rolling my eyes. <laughs> no, like, no. Every sentence, I was like, oh my god.
0: And it was the really? end. It was the end of part one, and I was like, I, yeah, this is a weird thing to end on. It's, it's like yeah. I know autism
3: yeah. awareness is Important, but, like, in the middle but of talking about, about? <laughs> well,
1: Steve it's, it's Larson, it's weird mystery because... novels,
3: and then it's, like, she has, like, a moment where she just completely veers off. She's like, well, my dad likes these, too. Well, and but is she trying to imply something about, about her yeah.
1: dad being similar to the investigators and the people around who... No, but she actually found that
0: he was more similar to the
1: victim or to to the to the investigator. Right. To
0: girls, to, like, El, El, to Veronica Mars. Elizabeth Salander and, and yeah, um, girl with the dragon tattoo. Right. Yeah. How? Wait, I don't, I don't remember
1: this. Why was he similar to her? Because he
0: cried he when she <laughs> cried whenever she couldn't get that guy. So that makes them
1: similar. So that makes him empathetic. According to this book. Well, also, but she literally is like, my dad likes sexy stuff.
2: Yeah. Like he likes
1: the promiscuous like if there's a naked girl girl in it or a sex scene, her dad's like all. I think I glazed right past (laughs) I think my brain deleted that. It jumped out out at me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Came back in it like a paragraph later. (laughs) Well it's weird because like it's it came off to me as being really misogynistic because these books that she's talking about that her dad really likes are very much this like men who hate women Mm -hmm. theme and Uh, She writes in the book that women are problems to be solved. Her disappearance or murder is easier to deal with than the woman's presence. So for me, if the dad is crying along with her, like it's almost like a weird, I don't know the word I'm looking for because I don't want to make it sound too perverted but it's kind of perverted Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. to to be able to relate to it that much and then to be reading these books am I totally out I don't know I found it kind of freaky I I don't know
0: to be honest with you I really didn't make any notes about that chapter because I'm like this has nothing to do with anything
1: oh I did moving forward (laughs) whatever I guess I'll just pass by that (laughs) chapter whatever what'd you guys think of the witches chapter
3: I liked it a lot I
1: enjoyed it It reminded me, because she was talking about herself when she was little, wanting to be a witch and watching those TV shows when I was little. So my name was almost Matilda, and so I had a really strong connection. My cat That's name. her cat's uh-huh. name. I yeah. had a really strong connection to Matilda. So I would turn music on and I would like start pointing at things around the house, seeing if they mind. would like move. Like Matilda, yeah. You know, or like in my head, like things were flying around the room. Well, who hasn't right done now. that?
0: Who hasn't like focused their conver- like concentration on a pencil and been like, maybe I can I make it move know. with yeah. my <laughs> mind. It's, everyone has done that. Right? No? Maybe not?
1: No? I yes? Know I no? Have. Maybe so? Okay, cool. Um, and it was interesting for me and probably only for me i don't know maybe other people who are here would appreciate it as well so i i have struggled with anorexia in the past so having her relate food as being kind of a feminine issue and having to do with witches and a matriarchy was really interesting to me and how the the food and the kind of like witch stuff went together and the, and the cauldron and the everything like that was a very weird connection that i'd Never made, and it was like for me that was more of like an introspective chapter that I wasn't expecting. Again, very off course from everything else, but also kind of nice. Like it was an interesting connection that I'd never really thought of before mm-hmm. that I thought I, was yeah, interesting. Yeah, I thought this
3: was a chapter where she successfully inserted herself and talked about the topic and just, like, stayed on Yeah, the I agree. Yeah. Time.
1: yeah, Well, because she had personal experience yeah, with her friend yeah. and things like that. She uses, like,
3: herself as an example, and then she ties it back, ties it back, constantly so that I'm not losing... The movie aspect, yes. of what she was talking about. The well, and I Ginger found it. Snaps
1: movie or, yeah. yeah, that was funny. And I <laughs> found it interesting. Where wasn't the book one of the books she was talking about? Wasn't it called like White Is for Witching or something? Or a movie yes, or TV show? Something like that. Mm-hmm. All the references uh, are like one. faded in my head. But I thought it was interesting because when we think of witches, we think of black. We think of something very, very mm-hmm. dark and evil yeah. and sinister. And white is very pure. And um, a quote from this says white is for witching a color to be worn so that all colors can enter you so that you may use them which i thought was really beautiful like it's not this scary evil thing it's just like opening yourself up to different things and and letting things affect you and color you
0: Mm -hmm. i liked when she was talking about uh pretty wild which was an e reality tv show that i don't know (laughs) if other people remember but uh, it was ridiculous, but I really enjoyed her talking about that because she, she brought it into the witch chapter because she was talking about the secret and how the, these girls were homeschooled oh, right. and their mom yeah. used the secret. That book is kind of like the main book by which to like It homeschool. was the Bling Ring Girls. Yeah, the Bling Ring yeah. Girls. And... Um, she talks about the power of positive thinking as, like, modern-day witchcraft. Like, how, like, we kind of just think, like, well, let's just have as much positive thought into this and I can make things happen. Envision boards. Yeah. And, and that, has like me, that. Is yeah. such a female thing you yeah know? Exactly. it's like when I
3: think of youtubers that are just like lifestyle hacks and like all about writing down your goals writing yeah. down what you're thankful for so it'll make you happier and yeah and I never thought that. about
1: it like that but that's yeah. kind of like our like modern day sisterhood like that's our modern day yeah. witchcraft yeah. although I gotta say I did audience work once for the Steve Harvey show he gave us like a 30 <laughs> minute speech about vision boards I've done audience work before, too. Oh man, when you're broke in LA, you're like, I'm going to yeah. go to audience. I'm going to make thirty bucks by the end of the night. Pocket that cash money right there and buy McDonald's on the way home. Um, but yeah, he gave like did a thirty-minute. A lot of times, you get, yeah, you get
2: cash at the end. Nice. Cool. It's all right.
1: And the Steve Harvey show was great. I did a dance off to win a T-shirt. It was great. Did you win it? Yes, of course I did. Oh, Fantastic. Dance-off. Great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was
1: great. I mean, basically, I was like, how ridiculous can I make myself look to get the attention of the people who are throwing the shirts? And then they gave me a shirt. Anthony won a t-shirt on Ellen once. <gasps> what
0: yeah. is
2: at
1: she yes. Everybody, good yeah. job, Anthony. Oh, just me. I'm sorry, honey. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he, he gave a whole thing about how he changes his vision board, like, every two weeks. And it's on his I'll phone. I'll take advice from and, Steve Harvey. I know. Well, he... Started from the bottom. Now he's here. I'm I like, know okay. it's precisely Drake style. Yeah. I understand. I mean, Steve Harvey and Drake are like one of the same. BFF. Yeah. The Drake same. is just like young Steve yeah. Harvey. <laughs> young Steve Harvey. <laughs> Should we talk about Ginger Snaps? I haven't seen Ginger Snaps. I, I have haven't not seen, seen it either, either, but I want to now. now I kinda Has anyone
0: lost. in this audience seen Ginger Snaps? She's seen Ginger Snaps. Wow. Okay. And what,
1: wait, you have? What do you think of it? Is it good? Yeah, <laughs> she likes to find good because yeah. I've looked at stills. It's corny,
0: but it's so good. Yeah I, have, yeah, I can do corny. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like a
1: cinematic masterpiece, but no. it looks like fantastic,
0: and I want to watch it. I have yeah.
1: one really great question though, and the only reason I'm asking it is because my mom is here. Why did I not get a period cake?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh. I didn't. Oh,
1: I'm very grateful that oh. I didn't get a period cake, Liz. Or mom. So
0: happy. That I my didn't, mom didn't
2: get a period ready. cake either. Oh, I gross. mean, gross. at the time it would have been <laughs>
0: mortifying, but like what a great story. But is that? the way they talked about it sounded disgusting. She got, <laughs> oh, a pe- so, she got a congratulations for your period, and the whole top of it is it was oozing with strawberry. <laughs> no, like, yeah, that, thank was, that
1: you. was gross. All right. like, I like I'm made a note in my phone, I'm like, for future child or oh <laughs> <No. laughs> strawberry jam. <laughs> Period. Okay. <laughs> Shut it down. That's gross. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Ugh. I don't like attention great. on me in
3: any way, especially like That's regarding like that moment really of my life. Can you imagine of, like, yeah. a preteen girl
2: like having
0: your the, dad's like, like, at the period, table? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was enough
3: that my mom was like, oh.
1: My dad was uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like,
0: it's We're not going to acknowledge yes. it. My dad was uncomfortable right. with me
1: like walking around in like a bra and underwear or something, getting ready for school in the morning. I can only imagine if my mom was like, "You're a woman. Here's a oh cake." Gosh. He probably would have just died. I'm good. Right I don't want. that. I kind of wish I had had one. I got to be honest. What a great story, though. That makes strange. Yeah, that's
0: strange, and I think well, it's like, strange
1: <laughs> for saying it. Um, um, but I liked their their discussion about like puberty being painful and grotesque and like so basically in it again haven't seen the movie so i'm so sorry if i get this wrong to the one person here by the way it. this movie is about a teenage female werewolf that's what i'm saying yeah do we not all turn into werewolves once a month
0: we were kind of talking about that and not yeah i was having a conversation with Ariel about how essentially yes yeah. yeah. It's yeah. horrible.
1: Like, I, my mood completely changes. I become a completely different person. I have, like, a dark cloud around me. Like everything makes feel, you mad for
0: no reason. And you
1: feel disgusting and, like, animalistic and not
3: great. I almost feel like a tornado that's just ripping things apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you're just tearing so, yeah. everybody and everything yeah, down exactly. as you
1: go. Yeah. Which I think is something that, like, people don't <laughs> like to talk about. Like, when you get the period talk, it's a very, like... Simplistic Not gross Not dirty Scenario At least for me It wasn't It was like It's a beautiful time In your life Where you're gonna Become a woman And I was like This sounds great That (laughs) beautiful time Shit is
0: garbage It's
1: such garbage It's the worst But like That's at least Like an honest Portrayal of like The things that you Go through And then talking About like The hormone changes And how physically That they can Just change everything Mm -hmm. About yeah. you, I found that was very fascinating. Another
0: thing I really liked from that chapter was talking about her relationship with her sister and how female, like, sisterhood and friendships can be both, like, the best, biggest,
1: like, love of your life and yeah. also and the, the most yeah. toxic she thing that you like, could ever have. She was, kind of abusive to her friend, like, very yeah. manipulative and overbearing, yeah. and it was a very weird... It was a very weird thing. And but because I feel like teenage girl
0: friendships are sometimes that like wasn't that. was not a like,
1: teenage girl friendship. That was her as a, an adult. What? Yes. Really? That was yes. when she
0: moved to LA. Sure. She was Maybe girl, yeah. adult She was, was like 25. Her. It was before. She, no, it was before. No, because no. she met her no, look remember, it up. She met her in college. I remember. She met her, because I read this last night. That's she still met her, college. But she went to college at like. She
1: went That's to college really
0: young. She went to college at like 16. Well, she should grow up. Excuse I still <laughs> Excuse like... me. Get your hormones in check. Get your hormones <laughs> in check. Because I definitely remember like having female friendships that were not, that we, we were like the closest yeah. we could ever be but also yeah. like if anything went wrong it was like the it biggest was a big deal fight. and I would be like crying well, and, but and you know it was like it was like a relationship. It you is know?
1: but it's sad because like you know we, we talk so much a big part of our podcast is about sister solidarity and trying to take down the competitiveness between women and she prefaced it as being like oh, the female friendships that you have are going to be the greatest friendships of your entire lives. And then she goes on to talk about this really disruptive friendship that kind of to me was like, and like, everything I think, they can, everything I think <laughs> they can
0: be both though. Like I think that they can be the most incredible connections that you have in your
1: lives and also be, they're complex. They're relationships. Right. And all relationships are complex. And oh, she yeah. even describes them as sexual or not. They are still in a way romantic, which right. I found very, I mean, like the, people in my lives who brought me flowers are girls more than guys, you know? Like, it's there is a sort of, like, stereotypical romantic um, partnership that you have that is just... At well, least women are allowed case. to be
0: closer. Right. Even, like, physically closer. Yeah. We're allowed to, like, yeah. touch more, like, societally. It's more yeah. acceptable for, like, women to touch each... Friends to, like, touch each other more and hold hands right. and, like, Which would
1: be seen as more romantic close, than a yeah. guy being, like, it's okay. Good That's game. True. Good game, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. tap on the butt. <laughs> Which... Oddly sexual. <laughs> but this chapter, this chapter, because what was so
3: detrimental about that relationship was the control and talking about, like, the eating disorder thing and how it was, like, a level of control for, like, yeah. a young girl, too. When you yeah. feel like your life's going out of control in that way when you're entering the stage and things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That she just felt that there was, like, Things that she needed to manipulate and make her way, which honestly, you know, I kind of gave a big eye roll in the beginning about her going to college at 16 and kind of giving herself a pat on the back and all that. But I can see where that would be incredibly isolating and not being a part of a regular college community, still living at home and things like that. Well,
0: and because her friend was a couple years older than her because she met her at college, you are going through things hormonally, yeah. Like at sixteen, yeah, that somebody true. who's a little older than you has already gone through. Well, it but it's and weird has,
1: has done has dealt with because the older girl was manipulated. She was the one that was kind of giving in a she lot. She says the girl people. was a lot
3: like her maturity wise too. Right? Yeah, and like that's yeah. kind of what attracted why them why they to were each friends. Other.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Why they were obsessed with Ginger Snaps together. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, did she? Do you guys <laughs> feel like she wrapped this book up in any way that would give an idea? Because it's supposed to be. A survival guide, like you said, and it's supposed to be like an in-depth analysis about these dead girls and the dead girl trope and narrative. Do you feel that she's made any sort of explorations or new ideas about that I feel like she has but in a way she doesn't know
3: she has because I read it kind of metafictionally where it's like in the beginning she's like we use dead girls or males use dead girls as a way to work out their own problems and then by the end of it I was like this is like her survival guide and she's using dead girls for her own self-exploration because by the end of it it started out very critically right Mm -hmm. and a lot of critical analysis and theorists that I like learned in like, my MA program, thinking, like, okay, you're, like, name-dropping all this academic stuff. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it just turned into solely, like, about her exploration and her resolutions about her own
1: stuff. Yeah, and it was almost kind of like a rambling too, where it started yeah. off being very structured and focus. things like that, and then it was almost like she, she was rambling, focus. and then she started going down this rabbit hole, and then kind of came to I don't even know what the resolution of. Well, to if she just like well,
3: I'm happy I at least had that experience.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Was like and then I learned how to break up with my boyfriend. Right. The end. Yeah. No,
0: but she had. Um, there was one sentence in the last in the last chapter that I felt like kind of wrapped everything up Mm -hmm. where she says it was not about dead white girls, but more the more troubling mystery of living ones. So she started, I do think it was kind of like a self-examination because she started out very critically talking about dead girls and what that means. And by the end of it, it was kind of just like, no, it's more about like my, my life and my story and how like the ups and downs of like, like Living how it's affecting girls. me, yeah. Like, Living for girls. this
2: introspection, mm-hmm. yeah. What you just said and what you're just what you're saying is that whole issue that she addressed in the beginning, where she was saying right. this is a book about the dead girl trope, and the dead girl is uh, like a. Basically, a vehicle. A vehicle for the investigators to find themselves, right? So mm-hmm. she's using the book, which is the dead girl, to do that
3: You're herself. totally
0: right. I well, like, I just, like
3: just like the medieval maids I was talking about, they just disappear. And these dead girls disappeared. By yeah, the, yeah it became left about over And we're left with the living girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. We're, We're de- left, the left the with final, one living the final girl. final girl, though.
0: It's yes. like the final girl. Yeah, the, the final girl in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. She's the final girl. Okay, it all makes sense. Uh, I get it now. All We're right. done here. We figured okay. you <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> Alice
1: Bolin, I'm sorry so that alive. I ever doubted you. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: Well this was fun. Um, (laughs) I'm glad we did this. I hope it was at least a little bit. Oh my god, there's people. Oh my god, hi. What's up? Insane. How's it going? I I hope this was a a little bit fun for you guys to listen to us chat about this book. now you don't have to
1: read the book. Now you don't need to read it. We've covered
0: all of the bullet points. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're off the hook for that. And uh, thank you guys for having this conversation with us us. and recommending this book. It totally wasn't what we were expecting, but I think we got some good stuff
1: out of it yeah so we went on this journey together we did no matter what it was and we survived we and did. this is my you very did. first
0: book club and i have to say i i get it i get why people do book
2: clubs it's a bunch of ideas it. i, I like it come to any of our book clubs. yeah awesome. i would love let that. us know let really? us know the next yeah. time you guys have a yeah. book
0: club Absolutely. um as for us you guys can or do you guys want to plug your plug your pluggable plug plug it Okay, so we are
3: we are soon, very soon, launching a website called Two Girl Book That's where we're gonna have all our like communal events and postings. So we're gonna basically have
2: an online book club. So every yeah. month we will feature a book. Actually, I think the book we're doing for November is kind of like Up Your Valley.
1: Ooh, what uh, is it? Very Lolita esque. Ooh, what okay. Is it called? It's called Putney. Putney. Ooh, I don't know about
2: um, it. It's basically like a, it's a, a Lolita esque. Okay. Um, I have you tried to read be,
1: Lolita? I got like three quarters Of the way through It took me a really long time Kind of grosses me out Yeah Yeah. I had to read it In like sections It's pretty
0: horrifying Yeah Yeah. But um, Um. definitely like If you want to catch up With them with two book party and when their website uh launches we will have that also on our social we'll definitely like let people know whenever that launches so that they can
1: do you want to plug your instagram what is your
0: instagram yeah we each have
3: a personal bookstagram so mine is gitana eleni that's g-i-t-a-n-a dot e-l-e-n-i it's my first and middle name so (laughs) you're free to follow me on that thank you
2: mine is florence and the book party my name is Amelie Florence, so. <laughs> Florence in the book party. <laughs> I love it. You
0: look like her a little bit with,
1: like... Your, yeah, you got hair the hair. Like, hair. That's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I also oh.
2: sing just as
1: well. <laughs> <as amazing>. yeah. <laughs> Karaoke later, you're gonna prove it to me. Okay. That's happening. Um,
0: so Madigan and I, we are on Instagram at uh, Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You guys can catch us there. We are on Facebook. We have a business page and a Facebook group. Um, you can get us on our... Twitter. Our Twitter that we never look at or update. Uh, no, no, no. At Yamp Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. Podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and I guess, with that being said,
1: we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye. Thank you to oh. real book party. Oh, okay. We had so much fun.